no helicopters have been procured for me to go to golf course. Thank you. I've never said he wasn't a great politician. I'm just saying he's a off. Who's listening to you? How'd you play out there today? Uh, well, I found the conditions challenging. Mostly because there's no grass on the golf course. But there never has been. I'm thinking about the swag bag, and I have hopes for the swag bag. Trap. When you got three crevices on the green, your course is trash. What is happening, everyone? Welcome back. Beltway Golfer Podcast, episode 44. Alex Dixon here. We are uh, out here at TBC Potomac at Avenel Farm because it's a tournament week. PGA Tour is coming. Wells Fargo Championship starting this week. Not news to probably anybody that's listening to this podcast. It's the first time the tour has come to town in four years. Uh, we got a podcast for you. Tim Connolly, the head of golf course maintenance. He is in charge of the team that uh, ensures that the grounds, all 18 holes, are looking immaculate and are ready for um, the stars of the PGA Tour to come play. Unbelievably nice gentleman. Took out 40 minutes of his time in um, just a few days ago during one of the busiest stretches of his professional career to sit down and tell us about what goes into prepping the grounds and the golf course for the PGA Tour. Told us about his team, you know, what they're going to be doing during the tournament, as well as, you know, a little bit of background on, on him and his career. So it was exciting, and it's timely for what's going on, so I hope everybody enjoys it. Um, one note, um, it's a recurring theme in this podcast, if you've been listening for a while. Uh, I've had audio issues from time to time. Um, I recently invested in a, in, a, in a new setup. Unfortunately, it wasn't ready for prime time for this interview. So there's a couple spots where airplanes are flying overhead where the audio fades a bit. But I still think it's, it's extremely listenable and, 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 a, and a great conversation. Um, and to, to make it up to Tim, I'm going to be covering a lot of, of, of what him and his team are doing uh, throughout the tournament week here on the grounds. Uh, I'm going to be following those guys around a little bit. So... That should be fun. But I hope everybody enjoys this podcast. Tim Connolly, head of golf course maintenance here at TBC Potomac at Avenel Farm. This is episode 44 of Beltway Golfer. Enjoy. Before we get to the conversation, a quick word about a sponsor of this podcast, Forecraft Cocktails. It's a transfusion in a can, pre-mixed, premium vodka, ginger ale, grape juice, lime juice, ready to go in a can. Absolutely delicious locally made, made in Virginia by a golf obsessive like the rest of us. A gentleman named Turner Lewis founded this company based right in Richmond. He's a small business, the kind of business you want to support. It's a, it's, it's a fantastic drink. It's perfect for the course. Forecraft sponsored this podcast a bit last year as well, and where they can be found has grown quite a bit in the last year. Go to their website, forecraftcocktails.com. They've got a store finder. They're in all of the, the, the total wine and beverage in, in Northern Virginia, but they're also at a lot of golf courses now. So if you go to your local club and they don't have it, ask them, especially if you're in Virginia, forecraftcocktails.com. Give them a follow on social media. Go check it out. It's a great drink. We are back out at TPC Potomac at Avenel Farm. It's the third podcast in the lead up to uh, to the Wells Fargo Championship, which is at the at the, the time of this taping next week. And I'm sitting here with uh, with Tim Connolly. Uh, tell us your tell us your title. I'm the director of golf course maintenance. The director of golf course maintenance. We've got a PGA Tour tournament, the Wells Fargo Championship, coming next week, and you're essentially in charge of the golf course. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm 
I am an, uh, essentially a golf course superintendent, yeah. as as it is known as at uh, many other golf clubs. Uh, so I'm in charge of the maintenance of the entire facility. Uh, it's a 220 acre property. We've got grass greens, tees, and fairways, uh, tall fescue roughs, and fine fescue native areas uh, with some other species mixed in. I have to say, so we I got here, you know, maybe 20 minutes ago, and you gave me a little tour of, of the maintenance shop and your facilities. Um, today's Wednesday. You know, this all gets started in under a week. Um, you seem rather calm. Uh, I think I'm... <laughs> I think there's some there's some fatigue mixed in there too, gotcha. uh, but no, we've we have made a lot of preparations to ensure this is going to be a successful event. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't happen over a course of a few weeks. It's uh, it's months and months of planning. Uh, so we are essentially executing a, a plan that has has been uh, massaged over the last few months to make sure it's going to be really good and and uh our our goal is to to have a, a great tournament next week so let's start there so when does uh well first off um we'll, we'll kind of get to your background and, and your history but you've been in in this kind of stint you you've been at tpc potomac for a few years now correct uh yes i came back uh to potomac in uh May of 2019. So I was at TPC Sugarloaf beforehand for about a year. Got it. So you've been here for a couple of years. When did and when did you first note the Wells Fargo Championship is coming? Uh, about a month before I transferred here. So it was been a while. Yeah, yeah. And then COVID got in the way and it delayed the the tournament coming here for for one year. And and when when did the, the preparations for a tournament of this size really start in earnest? So we, we actually did a, a bunker renovation in the winter of 2019 and into 20. Uh, so we, we made some competitive changes during that, that bunker project. Uh, we also added a, a T on number two and a bunker here on number 18, a, a right fairway bunker on 18 in September of last year. So, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been a couple of years that we've been preparing for this to make sure we're ready. The new tee on number two, is that a back tee specifically for the pros? It's specifically for the tournament. Uh, I think it was a pickup of uh, 19 or 20 yards, okay. which doesn't sound like much, but it it basically puts the, the carry over the right fairway bunker in the 320 range, which uh, may give some players some hesitation to, to uh, try and carry the bunker yeah. or, or you know at least flirt with it or just make it a three hole or three yeah two, number five. two is a par five with it with a carry there's a little little creek kind of what about 80 100 yards short of the green yeah it's a dry gulch uh but that that definitely it's a huge factor in, in your second shot on that hole so that new tee box where, where does that hole max out on approximately uh, i think it's 641 oh wow yeah okay i don't think i have that second shot in my bag uh, cool, and so you put a, a fairway right right behind us. We didn't, we didn't talk about this, but uh, for folks just listening, we're, we're literally sitting uh, perched over the 18th green. Or, yeah, 18th green. Um, what was the, the reasoning or motivation behind adding that fairway bunker? Uh, I think some of it was aesthetic. Uh, there, there, was, there were no bunkers on the, the right side of the fairway, and we have 
three rather large bunkers on the left side. Uh, so the, the idea was to really force the player, from a strategic standpoint, it was to force the player to not bail, bail out right. Uh, the angle into 18 is better on the right side of the fairway. Okay. So the player is, is going to have to really think about whether or not they're they're going to aim for the center of the fairway or aim for the right side and maybe maybe possibly have a better angle into the green. Right. Okay. Um, so you mentioned that you have a staff of about 26, you said? Yes, we're at 26 right now. Um, and that's regardless if, if the Wells Fargo was, was not coming. That, that's your point. That's correct. So we it's a seasonal staff, so uh, we usually have about 17 uh, full-time employees who work throughout the winter. Uh, but we also have a group that takes the winter off and they come back in, in the spring. Uh, we we wanted to bring everybody back a little bit early this year to make sure we have enough staff uh, on site to prepare for the tournament. So they came back uh, about two or three weeks ahead of schedule. Uh, I got the uh, the honor to come out and play the course on media day, uh, which was about two months ago. We just, we just chatted about, and at media day, and I think I, I'd run into, I'd met some at a different tournament actually down in, in DC at East Potomac. I'd met an Avidel member or uh, who had mentioned the, the mat program, right. which is in preparation of this to, to, to preserve the fairways on media day. We were hitting up. Is the, is it just called a mat or is there a fancier name for it? Uh, it's actually made by a company out of England. It's called a Spurt Strike Mat. Spurt Strike Mat. Yeah, strike so mat. Okay. it's essentially a, a piece of plastic with, with a very thin piece of master curve on top of the plastic. It has little anchors on the base of the plastic, so it, it, it adheres to the playing surface really well. So you step on it, uh, and even if you hit the shot kind of fat, the, the mat stays in place. So it's a high-quality mat. Uh, the program rolled out in mid-December of last year. So a uh, huge uh, thank you to our membership for adhering to the MAT program throughout the winter and into the spring. So we played on mats on fairways from uh, mid-December until Monday, which was our last day, Monday the 25th of, of April. If that wasn't in place, what you know, it would just been that much more work or were we looking at a fairways that are all beat up or... So basically, after first frost, when the growing season ends in, in the fall, uh, any divot you take from then until uh, mid mid March, maybe even late March, it, it just it's not going to heal. Right. So we would have an accumulation of divots and landing areas that would really take away from the quality of the playing surface for a, a marquee PGA Tour event if we had otherwise sure. uh, not, not done the map program. Is that a, uh, a result of just the temperatures and what winter looks like here in the D.C. area, the Mid-Atlantic, or is that specific to bent grass? Or? Uh, well, I think it would be for any, any kind of grass when the temperature gets below 32 degrees. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, it, more so with, uh, with bent grass, because it's called creeping bent grass for a reason. It does not fill in quickly, and uh, it's, it's hard to get grass seed to, to germinate and divot mix. So you're relying a lot on that on that grass to move laterally to fill in. Uh, so we're just starting to warm up now, uh, temperature-wise, soil temperature-wise. So we have a really narrow window of time to prepare for this tournament. Yeah. 
Uh, it almost doesn't feel like that. We're, we're a week out again. We're Wednesday before the week of the tournament. We're, you're, you're wearing a jacket. I'm wearing a you know a pullover. I think it was in the 50s today. It's still a beautiful day. Uh, but I thought those strike mats were, you know, it, they, it took a couple holes to get used to them. Uh, but it was actually a sneaky kind of alignment aid because it's, you know, kind of a thin rectangle. And the first couple of times I laid it down and I kind of either, I got pushed a couple right. I kind of stood back and I was like, yeah, let's line that up right. Um, so now, so you said you have a team of 26. Um, now that the, the, you know, the tournament week is here, uh, you're, you're going to get some help from elsewhere. Absolutely. Yeah. We, uh, we started our uh, volunteer registration in January and I think we have a total of 56 volunteers coming into the tournament. Uh, some of them won't work the full week, but uh, many of them will. Uh, but for, every, for any given shift, whether it's a morning shift or an afternoon shift, uh, we'll have about 70 people on site getting ready to roll out and, and uh, prepare the golf course. Uh, and who are these folks? Are they, are they superintendents or greenskeepers or maintenance guys from other courses or... We have uh, assistant superintendents, uh, assistants in training, uh, technicians. Um, we have some interns from local clubs that, that are going to help out. Uh, we also have a lot of students. Uh, you know, big shout out to Corey Georgetown. Uh, they they have a, a group coming up from, from Myrtle Beach, which is really really nice to have them here. And uh, Rutgers has you know, sent up students too, which is great. Obviously, University of Maryland has some support too. So, really, it, it's great to have uh, students here. Uh, I think there's a lot to learn. It's also a great networking opportunity for everybody who comes out to help out during the Yeah, no, I, I imagine someone in, in your business is a heck of a heck of an experience just kind of working an event like this. So, so while they're here, I'm kind of curious about uh, again, you know, I'm coming at this from you know. Uh, I, I don't know a lot about what goes into the agronomy aspect and the maintenance aspect of a PGA Tour tournament. Like, so come tournament week, so you've got, that you said about an extra 60, so now you've got a team of 80, 80 to 90 uh, folks. Um, you know, what about you know, Thursday through Sunday, like during tournament play? Like, what, what does that look like? Are, you, are, are there people setting their alarms to wake up, like, after the tournament's over and working through the night? or, or uh, Yeah, so our, our schedule... Our schedule this week during advanced week is basically we're working sun up to sundown. Uh, but during tournament week, obviously, we can't work while there's the competition, while the competition is going on. So we have uh, an AM shift and a PM shift. The AM shift, we'll, we'll have a morning meeting uh, about 4.30. We'll try and roll out about 4.45. And the first tee time, this is a full field PGA Tour event, so we have 156 players. Uh, the first tee time... Uh, Thursday and Friday will be 6.50, which is early. So we have a narrow window of time to prepare the golf course without disturbing anybody. So we have to do that in a manner that, that is efficient and that can be difficult when it's pitch black out. Uh, so we start that routine, that mo- that morning routine, on Monday of tournament week. So by the time we, act- we get to the actual competition, everybody's kind of in a routine. They know where they're going. Uh, they, they know what the expectation is to, to execute. And then for the for the afternoon shifts, we obviously have to wait for play to either, you know, get ahead far enough that we can work without disturbing anybody or we just wait until they complete the round. Um, 
So same thing. We we'll have dinner about four four o'clock, and then we'll roll out about four four thirty five o'clock, depending on when we can get out. And then we're hopefully off the golf course by eight o'clock that night. And then it's back home, go to sleep, and do it all over again the next day. Now, are you mow? This is this might be a really dumb question, but are you mowing like literally a day's worth of growth between each day? So on, we will mow greens every day uh, during tournament week. Uh, we'll mow tees, fairways, approaches every day, uh, weather permitting. Obviously, if we have rain and we, we risk damaging playing surfaces, we're not going to mow. But uh, the roughs were mowed today. We'll probably mow them one, one day next week. That's basically it. It's a funny time of the year because uh, all these grasses are just starting to wake up, so we don't have real vigorous growth. Yeah. So the clipping yield on all these playing surfaces will be relatively low during during that tournament week next week. Beyond mowing, is there you know, or when they're not you know in between the rounds and when they're not playing, and is there are you doing repair? Are you are you working on bunkers? Like is it or is it just mowing? So it, the the basic schedule for us uh, in the mornings is to mow and roll greens. Okay. Uh, we'll mow the tournament tees. And we'll remove dew off of the other playing surfaces, the, the uh, non-tournament tees, the fairways. Um, spend a lot of time to, to make sure the bunkers are, are up to the most officials' standards. Uh, so that requires a lot of a lot of people. And we'll come back in the afternoons and we'll mow the non-tournament tees, we'll fairways, approaches. We may roll greens. We may mow them in steam as necessary. But uh, I don't know. It's kind of nice with, with the tournament date. You know, we compare this tournament date to a late June tournament date, which this club has, has had numerous times in the past. Uh, there's not as much mowing going on during the tournament. Is that one was when the Quicken Loans was here last year, in 2018? That was in June. Uh, it was late June, early July. I think the yeah, I think it ended on July the second, 2018. So, so am I understanding that right? You think this is a better time of year from a maintenance perspective? From a, from a turf grass stress standpoint, it's it doesn't get any better than this. I mean, we can really push these surfaces from a firmness standpoint, from a you know drying them down to you know to, to make the surface as firm as possible on fairways and greens without really risking killing the grass. Have we looked at a? I'm sure you have. I haven't. Have we looked at the forecast? Uh, yeah, we looked at it about 10 times a day and <laughs> changes, but uh, temperatures look good. I mean, it looks like it's going to be in the mid-70s for, for the tournament. Uh, there's a few chances of rain next week, but if we miss those those rain chances, we're really optimistic we're going to have a good test for the players. Uh, you know, let's, uh, hypothetical, and I don't know when, when they're just supposed to come, but let's say... You know, Wednesday night is calling for a big rain. What what is how does how what what is Wednesday at midnight or, or Thursday when you wake up? What right. does that look like in the shop? Like what do you what, is, what how does that change things? Uh, well, that you know, at that point, we there's a lot of communication going on with rules rules officials to understand what the schedule for play would be. Uh, if there's any, if there are any delays, uh, hopefully we can 
get out. If there's any standing water on playing surfaces, we'll squeegee that off. We'll get the bunker and spray. If there's any sand that's washed, we'll get that repaired. Uh, rain really limit the amount of set on that. At that point, it's you know let's get let's get the competition going. It's real too. Um, what about the course itself? Um, you know, are there any certain, or I was like a course meaning like the different, different holes, are there, are, there, are there certain areas from a, from a maintenance perspective that are, that are tricky there than others? I mean, there's some, you know, there's not a lot of, there's a little elevation change, certainly like out of like yeah. on, on 12, certainly. Yeah. Um, uh, we, we call them the 10 and 11 are the low holes here. Right. So you come off of nine green and walk down the hill to 10 T's. And 10 and 11 are essentially in, in floodplains. So uh, those holes are uh, prone to, to flooding occasionally. So we're really hoping we don't have significant rain during currently that, that creates that kind of circumstance. So TPC, so this is this is a tour-owned facility. That's correct. Well, how, how, does that, how does that change the dynamic, or does it change the dynamic? Well, I mean, I, I think compared to other... Uh, private clubs in, in D.C. and part of our mission is uh, part of our purpose is to host PJ Tour tournaments, whether it's on the the PJ Tour, the the Champions Tour, the Corn Ferry Tour. So uh, it's part of what we do is to is to host tournaments. Uh, so yeah, it's a it's an interesting dynamic that we have at the club where we have a large membership that is really active. They they have a passion for for golf. And uh, we love serving them and, and giving them a great experience in the golf course. But when a tournament arrives, it, it uh, you know the, the focus really turns on on ensuring that we give our, our PGA Tour players yeah. uh, a, a great side for their competition. Do, do they? Does the tour or the or I guess even the players? Do, like when they come here, do they view it a little bit differently? Like this is this is one of our own. You know, this is this is a home course kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, the expectation is that uh, there, there are a few uh, standards that, that TPCs have. We have great practice facilities, uh, and the, the, the maintenance standards uh, should be should be really, really high. Uh, and, but it's not only that. It's the experience inside the clubhouse and the service levels that, that uh, all the employees really show here. It's, it's part of what we do to ensure that the, the players feel really welcome because it is in essence their their club. Yeah. Um, I've heard the phrase a lot um, tournament uh, or greens at tournament speeds. Right. Are you allowed to share uh, you know what, what the expectation is as far as I'm, I'm sure a lot of folks when they, when they listen to an interview with a superintendent or, or, or head of maintenance you know, what, what, your, what is your goal for green speed? Uh you know, I, I think when we talk about green speed, you have to think about limited, limiting factors. So if, if we were to get the greens up to 13 and a half, 14 here, uh, it would become laughable that the competition would just be uh, a bit of a joke. So we want to create a, a, a fair test uh, for the best players in the world. Uh, so, you know, at, at this property... I think between 12 and 13 is a, is a good number. Um, so right now we're in advance week. We're, you know, we're about, uh, what, five, six days away from the competition. And we're, you know, in the mornings after a single cut, 
we're right around 11 and a half, which is a really good place to be. And since we don't have vigorous growth going on right now, there's really not much we need to do to, to achieve the green speed that, that we want for, for the tournament. Do they talk to you in terms of, um, you know, we, we, we kind of chatted briefly before we got started here about uh, expectations of scores. And you're like, yeah, I, I don't think I have a good expectation. <laughs> But yeah, you know, I think about like you know U.S. Opens when like there's clearly like there's a, a goal for a scoring range at the end. Right. When they're talking about uh, preparation of greens uh, and rough, are you in conversations where you know we we'd like this winning score to be somewhere between here and here? Yeah, that's not uh, that's never in the conversation okay. really. Uh, this is a tough golf course, and it, it's it's been a. a in sight over the years since the renovation uh, to, to be a, a really tough place to, to score well. Uh, it's a it's a different ball game this time around though. Yeah. It's, it's early May. You know we're sitting in the roughs and the roughs right now are mowed at three inches and they're not as uh, and it's thick. dense. It's it is dense, but it's not as thick and and as as unforgiving as it would be in, in late June, early July. So. Uh, that is, that's, I think, will affect scoring. But the firmer we can keep the greens, I think that will help uh, defend the golf course a little bit. Um, let's talk about you specifically for, for a minute because this is, I, I alluded to it earlier. Uh, you've been here for since 2019, this stint, but you were here for, for quite a while before. So let's, let's, we'll get there, but let's kind of go back to the beginning. Like, give, give us a, a, a high level overview of how you got into golf, how'd you get into agronomy. Uh, you know, and, and walk us through. You don't have to go into super detail, but but give us sure. like your, your career path. Uh, well, I was, I was actually born in Ireland, and we, we came to the United States when I was seven. I started playing golf. My parents play golf in Ireland. Uh, and then we, we came here, and they didn't have time to play. Uh, but, what part uh, of Ireland? Uh, Cavan. It's just south of the Northern Ireland border. Uh, so... Yeah, I started playing golf when I was 14. There was a local nine-hole golf club in, in Salisbury, Maryland called the Salisbury Elks Golf Club. It's still, still around. and It's a great little nine-hole golf course. Uh, I started working there at that golf club when I was 16. From there, I went on to a, a grow-in of uh, an executive golf course close by. Uh, and I got to see what it was like to turn a soybean field or a cornfield into a golf course. And uh, I got a really good education at turning, you know, nothing into something. So and you're part of creating a nine-hole golf course or executive golf course? Yeah. yeah it, was my, it was myself, uh, the, the owner, who was the head. The, he was also a really, really good golf player. He probably played with uh, Fred Fung at University of Maryland. His name was Larry Jones, really, really good person. He was great to me, uh, especially in my formative years in the game and in the business. Now, unfortunately, it, it closed recently. It's called Horse Bridge Golf Course. Okay. Uh, it was, uh, but that that was a really good uh, training ground for for me. And from there, I went on to work at a few clubs. Uh, well, one down in Ocean City, and and uh, one closer to, to Salisbury. And from there. At that point, I had uh, graduated with a degree in English from Salisbury University. Didn't know exactly what I wanted to do, but I really liked golf. I had a passion for the game. 
and I had a passion for working outside. So I went back up to Rutgers University and got a two-year degree at Rutgers and came here as a, as a spray tech in 2004, in May of 2004. And in June of 2004, I worked my first PJ Tour event, uh, which was the Booz Allen Classic, as it was known then. Adam Scott won the tournament. And that week had a huge impact on me to see thousands of people uh, coming to the golf course to enjoy watching professional golf. And I got to see the golf course on TV and see my hard work on TV. But that made a really, really big impact on me. So I stayed here for a number of years to go through the renovation. I was promoted to assistant golf assistant superintendent. And uh, from there, I, uh, you know, it was time for me to become a superintendent and went down to Peninsula Golf Country Club in Delaware for a few months. From there, uh, I was asked if I wanted to come back to join the DPC network and went up to Princeton, New Jersey to uh, TBC Osnoplana, which is a great golf club. This is about what year? Uh, 2012. Okay. Uh, so so it's not to hit pause real quick, but to back up a little bit, yeah. that means you were still working here when this course went through a renovation. Yeah, I had a, I feel privileged to have worked at both the old TPC Avenel, as it was known then, and to see it all be, be transformed into what it is today. Uh, the old golf course was, it had some really good golf holes on it and I, I liked it uh, but to see what Steve Lenzloff and PJ Tour Design Services did here uh, in 2007-2008 was, was really special they turned a mediocre uh, golf course from a tournament standpoint into a really formidable test for, for the players for those that um, either never saw it um, or will be out here uh, maybe for the first time, but they're listening to this. Like, what, what are some of the most dramatic changes pre-renovation for the golf course to what is that? When it was built, I think, uh, like, I, I'm not an architect by any means, but it certainly had an element of stadium golf design as, as a part of the, the, the overall look of the golf course with massive mounding around greens. Uh, even uh, the terrain that separated some fairways, there were big spectator mounds. Uh, the bunkers were kind of saucer-shaped. Uh, it was a good golf course. I, I really did enjoy it, not only from a, working on it, but also playing it was fun. Uh, but Steve really injected more of a naturalistic look to it. Uh, you know, I think he drew a lot of inspiration from clubs in, in Philly and up in New York. The bunkering is much more naturalistic. Uh, the greens complexes are, are outstanding. The greens have a little character. The fairways are really narrow, so it, it, it really uh, puts an emphasis on accuracy off the tee. The greens are small, so uh, it's, it's really a very difficult test, but it also has it has some really nice aesthetics too. We have a lot of naturalized areas that frame, frame the holes nicely, uh, and uh, we also did a big wetland restoration uh, that really comes into play, especially on six, ten, and eleven. And in eleven, um, you know, like eleven that's one of the harder holes on the course. Right? I mean, it was, I think, statistically in two thousand seventeen, was the the hardest hole in the PGA Tour. On the tour, yeah. 
I know it has got me a few times. When, we, when I came out and played on Media Day, a lot of the kind of wetlands were really cut down mm-hmm. in the last couple of months. Has that grown up quite a bit? It's grown up a little bit, yeah. We'll have a frost tonight, maybe another one tomorrow night, so it's going to knock a lot of that kind of vegetation back. Uh, but my, I'm more curious about 13 and 14 mm-hmm. are both, uh, I don't know what they, what they tip out at, but... 13 is 360, I believe, and 14 is 300. So 14 is a true drivable par four. Yeah. Uh, Maybe we'll go for it on 13? Most players will go for it. That's, that's really perched up there. If you miss, you can get in trouble. Oh, I'm sorry, 13. 13, uh, sorry. Yeah, 13, nobody goes for that green okay. because there's so much trouble right. around the green. Um, 14, most players are going for it. Um, I, I would imagine those will be still be a good area as a, as a spectator to kind of camp out at and do some excitement. Yeah. Um, go back to your past. So I cut you off around 2014. You're just going up to New Jersey. Yeah, 2012 went up to TPC uh, the Plana, which is a club that is, is managed by the PJ Tour. Uh, it, was, it, it hosted two Champions Tour events in the early 2000s. It's actually, it has connections to the Johnson Johnson family. It was, uh, it was uh, basically developed by Jason Johnson and his, his wife, Barbara uh, Johnson. It's a really, really cool property uh, that was essentially uh, a state that was retrofitted, or a golf course was retrofitted into a grand state. Uh, beautiful piece of property. But I had an opportunity in 2018 to go down to Atlanta, down to Sugarloaf, and uh, go through a renovation uh, at Atlanta. Basically going from bent grass greens to Bermuda grass greens, and over to Bermuda grass fairways to Seons Motion fairways. So uh, as, a, as an agronomist, as somebody who uh, really has a, a hunger to learn more, that was, that was right on my alley. I enjoyed my time at Sugarloaf, but there was an opportunity to come back to Maryland in 2019, and I was thrilled to to come back to this property, which was a property that that really means a lot to me uh, since I was here and kind of in my early years. So now I hear you explain that decision. Did you say earlier in this conversation that you found out that this tournament was happening a month before that decision? Uh, Yeah. So yeah. I, I would imagine that played a little bit of a role in the decision, or no? Uh, yeah, a, a little bit, absolutely. I mean, uh, we host uh, we hosted a, a Champions Tour event at Sugarloaf, and ironically, uh, their their tournament is the same weekend or the same week as our tournament next week. Uh, so yeah, uh, everybody was great, great. Uh, treated me really, really well and sure love and enjoyed that property a lot. But uh, it's just kind of a home game for me, so this is nice. Yeah. Um, what about uh, the, the fans and the spectators from a golf course maintenance uh, point of view? You know, you, you've got spectators listening to this. You know, what what, what is, from your point of view, yeah, what, 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 how do how do spectators and these levels of crowds make your make your team's life difficult? Is there anything you any anything you wish spectators didn't do or to make your life easier? I can't give you a ride in my golf cart. It's probably number one. But no, it's look, it is awesome having 
uh, spectators coming to your golf course. And I, hope, I hope everybody who comes out next week has a great time. Uh, and, you know, it's it's really special to have that many people come out to, to, your, to your facility. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I just hope everybody behaves themselves and uh, makes it home okay at the end of the day. I'm sure we will. Um, well, it's, a, it's great that it seems like we're going to have good weather. I will ask you, it sounds like you weren't here. Um, and I just want to touch on this real quick. But So it, it, last time um, PJ Tour Tournament Golf was specifically here and in the D.C. area 2018, yeah. I looked this up. So I, I, was, I was at that tournament, but I don't. I didn't remember a lot of specifics, so I had to go back and look through some research. Right. But this, I thought this was pretty wild. And you weren't here, so maybe you might not be able to speak to it. But in 2018, I think the winning score was uh, 21 under. Yeah. And the year before, it was only 7 under. But what's even more interesting is that the course record here, 62, I believe, was set in the 2018 tournament by three different players on three different days. Yeah. And it, do you, do you remember, I mean, you weren't here, but do you remember it? The difference between those two years on why the scoring was that uh, heat or the winning score, I think, is uh, it, it's it doesn't tell the whole story because uh, Molinari absolutely whipped the field on, on Sunday. I think he won by eight shots. Uh, that's a good point. So, the, so second place was a lot closer than by seven. Yeah, minus I mean, he played a magnificent round. But I, the, you know, the thing I really like about that is that. Uh, the, the score, like the place is gettable if, if the conditions are right and if the player is playing well enough. Um, but yeah, I, you know, in general, the scoring here since the renovation has been uh, relatively high. Uh, one thing that, that will be interesting here next week is that the rough is not going to be up. Uh, so we, we'll see from a scoring standpoint how, how that's going to affect the, the winning score yeah well i'm excited i'm gonna be out here all week and uh, uh congratulations on getting the course looking like uh, a million bucks looks, looks amazing and i'm sure it's gonna be a great tournament before i get you out of here on a more personal note uh you still go down you still have connections down the eastern shore yeah yeah my, my mom and dad still live down uh, right across from salisbury university so okay. uh try and make it down there as as often as as we can any favorite courses down there or recommendations? Uh, probably my, I mean, I love Eagles Landing. Yes, and love uh, Round Point. Those are probably my two favorites down down that neck of the woods. Yeah, two great ones. But there's there's great golf down the Eastern Shore. Yeah. I mean, it's I think it's uh, there are a lot of little jewels down there that that uh, some sometimes get overlooked. But yeah, that's a great little trip. That little southern stretch of Ocean City with, with Eagles Landing and Rough Point and Ocean City Golf Club. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, very cool, very cool. Um, all right, well, listen, I'll, I'll let you get out of here. I know you need to get some sleep. You got you have big, uh, another 10, 15 days in front of you. So uh, thank you very much yeah. for, for joining me and, and uh, telling us about uh, uh, the preparation for the tournament. I appreciate it. I mean, I, the, what, what we have this week and what we'll have next week, it's the product of a lot of hard work by a lot of people and uh, I'm really blessed to work with a, a great group uh, we have an exceptionally good staff uh, and their their hard work will, will show next week uh, I, in particular I have uh, a few management team members that, that really do an outstanding job uh, Marva Martinez Tad Dynan uh, Danny Venditti 
uh, Mike Masterangelo, Wilmer Tercios, uh, Kevin Ardinger, and Doug Rowan. Uh, these guys do a, a great job top to bottom. And there are a lot of names uh, I'm not going to mention or I can't mention, uh, but everybody on my, on my team does a, just an absolutely amazing job. And I'm honored to work with them. That's awesome. Well, I, I, I wish you and the whole team in the tournament uh, warm weather and clear skies. Cheers. Yeah, bring it. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Thank you, Tim. Appreciate good it. Stuff. I don't have a good golf game, but I don't really care. I'm a, I'm a regular dude living in D.C., and I want to know about D.C.-centric golf stuff. If you can tell me something that I don't already know, then that is great for me. I don't want the regular stuff. I want exciting stuff. I want different stuff. I don't want stuff I can't hear elsewhere. But I want it to be about DC golf.